Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Moving Mountains podcast. This is Paige, and I'm joined here with my amazing co-hosts, Margaret and Bernadette. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. John Barrientes. Um, John is one of our dear friends. He lived here in Alaska, and now he lives clear across the country in Florida. So sad. As far as you can get from us. As far as you can get. Yeah. In the U.S. Yes. Um, And it's just really special having John on here because not only is he one of our good friends, but he was also one of my co-workers and my mentor um, when it it came to youth ministry. So it's just very special to have him here. And he has a very beautiful story. So I'm excited for you all to hear it. But... Before we let John introduce himself and begin his story, I have a very important question for you guys. So a little fun fact about John and us is that we love coffee. So which do you prefer, pour over coffee or French press coffee and why? Margaret? Oh, man. I haven't done pour over a lot. I'm a French press girl kind of through and through now. Um, why? Because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Bernadette. I'll say French press too, because I, um, one, I always do French press coffee and two with the pour over that we have, it just bakes the one cup at a time and it doesn't keep the rest of the coffee hot for me. Mm. So even though both of them have really good flavors and you can get into like the specific grind, whatever, I love the flavor of French press coffee, and I love that I can pour another cup and it's still steaming hot. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah, I, I feel that as well. Um, I think before parenthood, I would have said pour over. <laughs> but now that I'm a mom, it's really hard to take the time to make pour <laughs> when over. When was the last time you made pour over? Uh, probably before Santi was born. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now I'm French press all the way. Um, though it is tempting to get back into, you know, just the Mr. Coffee Maker. Um Oh, machine the old drip. <laughs> yeah, the drip coffee because I'm like I can have a whole pot of coffee. And John's already so, shaking it. So old school, Kate. I know. <laughs> All right, John, what's your answer? Oh, don't get back into drip. No, um, <laughs> pour over, pour over with a V60 drip, oh. with a V60 pour over, and um, yeah, I just recently got into that. So I like I like the pour over because it's. You have to be a bit more intentional about it, you know, mm-hmm. and when you worry about grind size and grind size on, on different coffees, you know, you just get a little more intentional. I like being intentional with things. And that started post kids. So, uh, so, so yeah, you're a coffee wow. snob. Got it. Well, I'm a Marina, coffee snob. Maria's three now, so she's a little more. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I've taught her how to pour uh, 40 grams. She can make your coffee. 40 grams of coffee beans into the grinder and and grind it. So she's doing pretty well. She's doing well. Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Maybe she can learn, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Well, I must say, I'm I'm Maria's godmother, and I'm very proud of that. (laughs) She loves the smell of coffee. 
If so. y'all are going to be visiting Florida soon for oh, a yeah. couple pour over made by Maria. There we go. High expectations, <laughs> John. High expectations. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, John, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and then you can just jump right into your story. Great. I'm John Barrientes. Uh, I've been married to my wife, Tracy, for uh, almost five years now. We have a daughter named Maria. Um, she will be three in December and we're expecting our second child, Joseph, on December uh, 31st of this year. So, uh, John, uh, who named your children? Uh, Pope Francis named our oh. children, actually. So we met Pope Francis um, uh, during our honeymoon. We went to, to Rome and got Sposi Novelli tickets, and we were able to uh, to meet Pope Francis. And my one of my friends, he's a religious, he, he said, you know, when you meet Pope Francis, you have to be prepared uh, with something you're going to say. So, so Tracy and I, you know, the night before we, we met him, we were asking ourselves like, what are we going to say to him? You know, what are we going to say to him? We have to be prepared because we're going to be starstruck and we're not going <laughs> to say anything. We're going to be mute. And, um, and so we just thought, well, what if we ask him to name our firstborn son and firstborn daughter? Wow. And, uh, so he came around and, and, uh, I asked him in Spanish and he looked uh, a little shocked. And uh, it's kind of like, well, you're putting me on the spot here, you know, the fate <laughs> of your children forever. And he looked up at uh, St. Peter's and uh, and paused for a moment and then looked at us and said, Maria et Giuseppe. And so he, he mm. gave us the names in, uh, in Italian. I asked him in Spanish. He gave us an Italian, and then we spoke in English for a little while. So, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That is cool. And there's a really cool picture of Tracy and John looking at Pope Francis and Pope Francis looking up. So we'll have to get we'll post that, that yeah. picture. Yeah. 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 That was the exact moment that he thought of their names. So, so yeah, we're <laughs> blessed. And he, and he chose them in the correct order. So. It's pretty oh, amazing. there you go. Yeah. Well, it's 50 50 shot, right? Or something like that. <laughs> Some like statistician will be like, actually, it's a uh, percent shot. Okay. We see it as a uh, mini miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a mini miracle. Um, so, yeah, my, my story. Um, well, for, for one, I think it begins with, with one, how I first encountered Jesus, um, how I first encountered the love of the Father, really. Um, and you guys know my story. I was, I was, uh, born in, into a single parent family, right? My, my parents were never married. And so my mom was, uh, was really all that we had. And, um, and we were, we were baptized uh, pretty early on as infants. Uh, but during our childhood, we, we never really went to mass. We were priesters or, you know, uh, <laughs> we weren't really, uh, practicing the faith very much. And it wasn't until I was, uh, in high school, maybe my freshman year of high school, uh, my mom went on a retreat and, and, um, and that completely changed her life, you know, and I, and I saw that change and, um, and that, that kind of piqued my curiosity, you know, of how she transformed so much over the course of the weekend and how she remained changed. <laughs> you know, and so the transformation wow. that she saw is something that that I desired, and so I was still hesitant uh, of going on a, on a teens retreat, but she uh, she wanted me to experience it, and so um, I was hesitant. And my intention was to to go on this retreat and just question everything, you know, and and uh, 
and kind of see these these Catholics stumble over their answers and be proven wrong and be destroyed by my arguments, you know. Um, so nice but that you. didn't happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I went in with good intentions, um, and uh, so uh, I got off the the bus at the retreat center, and it was just kind of being uh, being hit, you know, by by a wall of love from all of these people who came to serve on this retreat to help me. Uh, you know, encounter Christ and, and, um, and there on that retreat, uh, during reconciliation, I just encountered the great love of, of God, the father, you know, and I, I wrestled with, with the pain that I had experienced for over 15 years of the absence of my father. And one of the women, uh, came and, and comforted me as I was crying. And I just asked her like, why, why doesn't he want me? Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't know my story, right? But, I just asked, like, why doesn't he want me? You know, and she said, um, you know, when when I was young, my my dad uh, passed away, and I didn't know understand why, but I I let God be my father. Mm. So let let God be your father, and he'll never let you down. Amen. Right, and those words that completely, completely transformed me. Right, and completely changed the course of my life. And um, yeah, I give thanks to God for for her, for that woman Yvonne, and, and her witness. Um, and and ever since then, you know, I mean, there were ups and downs in my faith life, but I could say, you know, it was there that I started pursuing uh, a life of Christ. You know, and it was very imperfect and for many years, but um, eventually I uh, discerned. Uh, with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, and I entered uh, formation with them, and I was with them for about four years. And um, they were Mary in order, and I, I, very, I felt very much close to uh, to Mary, right, our mother, and um, and just developed a really you know beautiful relationship with her, and really felt her her motherly care uh, throughout my time with the Oblates. Um, and uh, and while I felt her, you know her presence there, I also felt that this really wasn't for me. You know, I was, I was just kind of uh, discerning and and thought, you know, I, I don't think uh, the Lord is is calling me to religious life. He's calling me to give my life to Him, but He isn't calling me to religious life and the priesthood. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, right around that time that I was making that decision, um, you know, I, I spent a, a day with, with my mom and I just kind of noticed, you know, she was, she was slowing down, you know, and, uh, just poor health over the years. And, and I went home that day and I, I told one of my, my brothers, I said, uh, one of my religious brothers, I told him, you know, like today I, I noticed that my mom was slowing down and. It's, it's kind of odd. Like, I, I don't know what I would, how I would react or how I would handle her passing away, you know? Um, and about like four days later, right, she was in the hospital, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, quick turnaround, you know, and we just realized that uh, she wasn't going to make it. Right? And, and uh, that was very, you know, shocking because it was just uh, abrupt, Right. And, and we were just kind of dealing with the reality that while wow, mom is, is going to, to leave us today, you know, and, 
And luckily, um, some of my brothers were able to come and, and uh, anoint her and, and then pray with us as, uh, as she breathed her last. And, um, and it was just such a beautiful and peaceful moment, you know, a very peaceful moment. And when she took her last breath, all I just said was, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she was, she was gone, you know? Wow. Um, but I really give thanks for her life, you know, one, because she, she brought forth my life, <laughs> but, but yeah. then also she, you know, helped facilitate my encounter with Jesus Christ, yeah. you know, and changed my life forever. And, um, so I, you know, continue, finished out the, the next semester, but I started, um, looking for jobs because what am I going to do now with a philosophy degree? This is terrible. <laughs> and, um, yeah, pray for, for those who, who discern out of religious life and the priesthood, yeah. right? It's, it's in there stuck with a philosophy degree. And, um, and I thought, you know, I could do anything and nothing with this, but, but I think that the Lord is still calling me to serve him, you know, and, I put resumes out to, you know, everything like youth ministry positions around the country to schools to be to teach theology. And, um, and I finally heard from a Salesian school in, in San Antonio, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and it was just such a bad deal, right? We pray for, pray for, uh, teachers and <laughs> Catholic <laughs> schools as well. You know, they, they work so hard and they're paid so little, you know, and, mm-hmm. and when I was uh, offered that job, I mean, while I was grateful, that kind of set in a sense of panic for me, right? Because I was going to make no money, couldn't afford any rent, couldn't afford going to a car, right? And they wanted me to go back and get education credits that I couldn't afford, you know, and, um, I freaked out for about 45 minutes, right? I mean, that, that it really lasted that long where I freaked out and, and, um, and I just surrendered, right? I just surrendered to, to God. And I said, well, if this is what you're, you're giving me, then I'm going to take it. And, uh, so I said, all right, tomorrow, I'm going to go in and sign this contract. And, um, and as soon as I made that decision, uh, I received another email <laughs> from from a guy named Jim, who was hired to to hire a youth and young adult minister in a parish in Alaska. And why did I apply to a job in Alaska? Because um, my best friend in college, John, um, he was living in Alaska. And I thought, hey, I'm going to apply for this job in Anchorage because John lives in Fairbanks and we're going to see each other like every weekend. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was saying. Right? I had no idea that Fairbanks was so far away from Anchorage. And that's, that's the only reason. Just a quick seven-hour drive. Yeah, a quick seven-hour <laughs> drive. So I, that's why I applied for this job in, in Alaska, you know, to be closer to my college buddy. And, uh, <laughs> and I was fooled, right? Um, and so, um, so then, you know, the interview process immediately begins, you know, and I, I put that, uh, Salesian school on hold and, um, and, uh, I send, you know, Jim, all of my information and, 
Father Scott, you know, he's a, he's a go-getter, you know, so once he sees somebody's info and he, he knows what he wants and he'll just say, huh, I'll just call him up right now. You know, <laughs> so he just called me up and, um, and I had about a, an hour conversation with him at the gym. You know, I was at the gym, didn't expect this call. He did, you know, he just called me out of the blue uh -huh. and I had, I was at the gym, spoke to him for an hour. Um, he hung up, called my references, spoke to them for 30 minutes, called me back, spoke to me for 45 minutes. And then <laughs> he's like, you know, I think you're the right guy for the job, <laughs> you know, but, but I need you to talk to two more people, you know? And so, uh, I talked to someone from his parish and, um, and then, uh, Jim said, okay, on, on Monday, I'll, I'll give you a call at 9am and we'll have, uh, we'll have a, a, a an interview, you know, your last interview. And, uh, we'll see after that, we'll, we'll maybe offer you the job. So I said, okay, Monday it's at 9am. All right. I'll give you a call. So, um, so, um, Saturday night, I, I go to sleep and I'm going to meet my, my siblings, uh, in the morning on Sunday. So I set my alarm for 7 a.m., uh, for a Sunday and, um, my alarm goes off. I wake up, I turn it off and my phone immediately rings and it's Jim, right? Oh, so no. he calls me one day earlier and then two hours earlier. Right. So, so he said he was going to call me on Monday at 9 a.m. He calls me uh, on Sunday at 7 a.m. So I had just woken up, you know, and then I'm like, oh, no, this is it's this guy. You know, I, I recognize his number and I'm like, oh, no, he's calling right now. What the heck? So I just like wipe my eyes. I clear my throat and I pretend I've been up for two hours and I'm like, oh, hello. And uh and he says, all right, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to interview today because Father Scott is jumping on a plane, going to France, and he wants to close the deal today. So um, let's oh start. He said, all right, first question. Uh, describe your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was like, <clears throat> okay, let me wake up here, you know. You even had my morning coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't done anything. I haven't, like, stood up, you know. And, uh, and so... Um, so yeah, we have the interview, you know, and, uh, it lasts about uh, 30 minutes. Um, I hang up, I, I jump in the shower cause I'm going to be running late to, to meet my, uh, my siblings and, uh, get out of the shower, get dressed. And then father Scott calls me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like 15 minutes, you know, after my interview and father <laughs> Scott says, well, we'd like to offer you the job. What do you think? <laughs> and I'm like, well, sure, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, just like that, you know, I had a job, and I and I go and I meet my siblings, um, and and it's Mother's Day, right? And we're meeting at the oh, cemetery uh, for the first Mother's Day without my mom. Oh wow! You know, and it was uh, it was great. We we prayed, you know, at her gravesite. And, uh, I just kind of gave thanks, you know, what are the, <laughs> what are the odds, you know, that I'm in a, a desperate need, don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Right. And on mother's day, right, right before going to my mom's gravesite, 
I'm offered a job that starts the next chapter of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So we pray and, and, uh, after we pray, I, um, I just tell my siblings, uh, you know, this, this morning I was, uh, I was offered a job in Alaska and, and I'm going, you know, it, it was just this, uh, yeah, just like this miraculous feeling, you know, of knowing that, that God acted and my mom interceded, mm. you know, and it was just such a special moment for me. And then I think just like a, a testimony for my family, right. Who, who maybe, uh, you know, my, uh, who weren't really feeling God's presence at the moment, you know, mm -hmm. and just knowing that, that our mom is, is interceding not only for me, but for, for all of us, you know, and, uh, and yeah, it was just like, I felt, uh, you know, her presence, Mary's presence, God's presence, uh, with me. And, and that's how I felt. I kind of felt, uh, sent to Alaska, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I knew that there was just kind of a special mission for me there, you know, and, um, uh, so I felt sent and, and that's how I begun my ministry. And I just kind of knew that my mom was going to be interceding for me the entire time while I was there. And, and, uh, and I didn't mention this, but my, my mom actually passed away on Our Lady of Guadalupe's feast day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we went to, uh, to clear her, 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 uh, her room out, you know, of all of her things. Um, she was, she actually had like a, an Our Lady of Guadalupe blanket laid over her, you know, like <laughs> that's what she, that's what she slept with, you know, every, every day. So we just thought this was uh, pretty amazing, you know? Wow. Um, and, um, and yeah, then my, the first anniversary of my, of my mother's death, you know, in, in Anchorage, um, they celebrated, uh, they celebrated that feast day they there and, and named their co-cathedral, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe on the first anniversary of, of my mom's death. Wow. You know, up there. And, uh, and yeah, Archbishop Schweitz actually, um, Archbishop Schweitz celebrated, uh, that mass and he belongs to the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, you know, for the order that I was part of, you know, so before he went up there, I, before he presided in, uh, I, I processed in, I, um, I, I let him know, you know, today's, uh, the first anniversary of my mom. So will you please, uh, pray for her and lift her up in mass. And so he said, yes. So, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there, I just kind of, that day, I just kind of felt, felt like, yes, this was mm. confirmed. <laughs> like I was supposed to be in Anchorage. Um, and my mom, uh, definitely did, uh, intercede for me. And so I spent about, you know, five and a half years there, uh, in the church in Alaska, met, met all of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. And actually, and, John, I don't know if you remember this, but 
it was the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe when Father Scott offered me your job to oh, be oh, really? minister, which then oh, wow. is when you got promoted at St. Patrick's. Oh, hey. So you got yeah. a promotion <laughs> on the feast day of Our wow. Lady of Guadalupe there also. You go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was good that Father Scott offered me his job. That's what we wanted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were chosen for that job. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I became pastoral associate there and uh, spent several more years there. And and uh, once again, it's kind of at a crossroad, you know, when uh, Tracy and I were uh, expecting our, our daughter Maybe in uh, in June of of 2019, I um, I reached out to uh, a pastor here in Florida, and I said, "Hey, um, my daughter is due at the end of the year, and my wife and I would like to relocate to Florida in Winter Haven, and there are only two parishes in Winter Haven, so." Uh, I just want to let you know, like, this is my experience. This is my resume. And if you ever need um, anyone, just know that I'll, uh, we want to be there uh, at the beginning of 2020. And so he said, oh, we just filled the position uh, that you would be a perfect fit for. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, we, we, we really wouldn't be looking for, for anyone around that time, but if anything opens, you know, um, I'll let you know. And, uh, and the days drew closer and December 12th, you know, came around and, uh, it was kind of like this time of not knowing what, you know, what we were going to do and there's a lot up in the air and, yeah. And I received an email that day, you know, Are you again. Kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Hey, we're looking for somebody. And, uh, yeah. Would you like to interview for the position? Oh my you God. Know? And so, uh, <laughs> so it was just kind of this light in the darkness, you know, again, of just being kind of, um, not knowing, you know, and just coming to this place of surrender again of like, Lord, um, you know, uh, you know what you're doing. And so, uh, so I just surrender to you, you know, and boom, email offer. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and it was once again, just, uh, and I remember telling Paige this and, she, and Paige said, man, your mom loves you. Aww. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that page, but yeah, I told you. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, she does. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's how we uh, wound up in Florida. Near Tracy's yeah, so. family, right? That's why you guys Near Tracy's to be family. There. Exactly. Yeah. So only two parishes in this town and, uh, and uh, the opportunity came up right in time. Yeah. So awesome. Wow. And what are you doing now, John? So now I work for the Diocese of Orlando. I'm the director of marriage and family ministry. Uh, So, yeah, I was with uh, that parish for about a year and a half. And then uh, now I've been with the Diocese of Orlando for for a little over a year. Wow. 
I can't believe it's been yeah, a just, year already. Wow. <laughs> oh, working for the diocese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So now I work in uh, marriage formation. So doing marriage, uh, marriage formation, like pre canis throughout all of our, um, throughout the diocese. Uh, but then I'm, we're also uh, focusing on, on parish renewal uh, throughout the entire diocese. So really focus, helping parishes focus on their evangelical efforts. And uh, so, so that's a huge undertaking and, and, I've been assigned to to serve an entire region of parishes, uh, and that just that work just begun uh, this past month. So we're excited to mm-hmm. to see the fruits of that. Oh wow, that's amazing! Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> thanks so much for sharing that story. I oh, yeah. uh, what I really love about it is just like the continual state of being in the unknown. Like that's your story mm-hmm. is just so real. Um, you know, some miracle stories can be like, oh, I was walking down the street and then this lightning bolt hit me and this crazy experience happened, or, you know, and this one is just yeah. so relatable because you were just in the unknown over and over again, just dealing with mm-hmm. the hardships and sufferings that we encounter as human beings all the time. And, you know, and a, a very difficult one too, losing your mother, mm-hmm. um, your only parent that you had a close relationship with. Um, and it's just so powerful to hear how the miracle that unfolded for you was just that kind of plodding pace of life, just being in the unknown, being in that scary place. And then, oh, wow. Like, okay, God is giving me some clear direction here. And then Mm -hmm. again, it happens. And then, oh, wow, here's another, you know, this is the next direction I'm getting where I have a sense of peace that this is from God. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just so beautiful to see those little like sprinkles in there of our lady of Guadalupe and the dates that things happened and how things happened. Um, So yeah, I just, it's such a powerful story of kind of like the ordinary miracles that happen in our daily lives that really become available when we're just open to surrendering like you did so many times in your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just, it was really beautiful to witness like in person as well, because I mean, we were with each other every single day, every single day. Every single day. Yeah, yeah. They're still friends. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was truly beautiful because I remember we would always be like, "You guys aren't moving, right?" And you're like, "That was kind of always the question of like, okay, like, are you leaving us or not?" And you're like, "I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens." But you were just so, like, you weren't worried. You, you, you could tell mm-hmm. you were just so filled with peace and you were just like, God will do it when like, we'll go when God wants us to go and like, mm-hmm. we'll go where God wants us to go. Um, and so that was, that was just really beautiful for me even to witness that day in and day out. Like, wow, John just really trusts and it's just so simple. Um, mm-hmm. and so thanks for being that witness to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John, I've never heard that full story. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it's funny as you're telling it, I'm, I'm seeing some parallels to my story too, where, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was, I had lost a job and I haven't told this story yet, but it was three days after my last, um, let's see, unemployment paycheck mm-hmm. came through and I, I, it, I, it came like a month earlier than I thought. And I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? And the next day I was offered a job and two days later is offered the job in Alaska. 
It was just like, wow, yeah. God, you literally waited for the last second. <laughs> literally yeah. the last second. But it I is remember interviewing you. Well, and I was about to say that too. John is part of the reason that I'm in Alaska because, yes, we had that interview. And I think Ricky ended up telling me, you know, well, I, I think I asked, well, what did John say? And he said, you should hire her. So thank you. <laughs> Here I am almost, almost five years later. You know, we're coming up on the time. Wow. I have to go back and look at my emails, but I think it was end of September when I when I submitted that that um, cover letter. And I think, yeah, over the next six eight weeks is when that whole process happened. So I met you virtually. Mm -hmm. You know, almost exactly five years ago. So yeah, so mm -hmm. it's so cool just to hear how your story even impacted two other mm -hmm. women coming up to Alaska to serve in ministry here, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and. Yeah, I would just love to ask if you have any advice for our listeners who might be might be hearing your story and maybe they're in a similar situation of discernment or maybe they're just in any random situation in life where they feel really scared and they just don't know what to do. They're kind of, you know, those are scary moments when life is just kind of this blank slate and you have no idea how you're going to pay your bills, what your job's going to be, where you're going to live, etc. So, yeah, do you have any advice for anyone who might be relating to your story? Yeah, I would say it does take a lot to, uh, to surrender. Right. And, and I think when we're in the time in times of vulnerability, I think we're, we're taught in our lives and I think it's innate within us, this kind of survival mode, right. Of, of wanting, uh, to preserve ourselves, right. We, we just mm -hmm. have go into self-preservation mode. Um, and try to fight situations and uh, try to get through them, um, you know, just kind of uh, white knuckling things, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but but really, we just need to, to surrender. You know, once we surrender our lives over to God, right, surrender our lives over to Jesus um, and do it, you know, faithfully, wholeheartedly, right, and really trust in the Lord. Uh, he provides, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think we just need to be be ready uh, to encounter him, you know, every every moment of every day. And uh, so I think it does take a lot, especially when you're when you're in, in a vulnerable position or when when you're desperate, you know, like when you you just want something to happen, um, and you want to make it happen yourself. Mm -hmm. That's really a moment where you just surrender everything uh, to the Lord. That's a big part of Christian discipleship, really, right? It's just uh, surrendering, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and then saying, Lord, I will follow you. Amen. Yeah. So surrender is a big part of, yeah. Of, yeah. of the Christian life. Yeah. Do you have any tips for our listeners of like just some simple ways to start surrendering or to start opening themselves up to the Lord to be able to surrender. Yeah. For anyone who might hear that and say like, what does that even mean? What, is like, that? what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Surrender? <laughs> like I feel so <laughs> by my anxiety or control, right. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I think, um, I think if I were good to look at it uh, like holistically, like I always, I always think, um, first we, uh, we have to know who we are in the eyes of God. And that is, um, that is the starting point of everything 
of your life, right? Of our lives is just understanding who we are, right? And who God is, that he is our loving father, right? Who created us out of uh, an act of his infinite goodness, right? Through sin, we fell and he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for your sins, right? And you are his beloved son, his beloved daughter, right? And I think first in recognizing that identity, mm. right? I mean, the, there's there's power in that, but then there's also the ability to just say, you know, God, my father, right? He provides for the birds of the air. Mm. And he is a good, a good, good father, and he's going to provide uh, for all of my needs. And Lord, I, I trust in you. Mm. Right. So I think it's it's really looking at, at God relationally, right? Who is He? Who are you? Right. And He He calls you right? His beloved son, His beloved daughter, and uh, and I think that's the starting point. Right. Yeah. That's the starting point because you have to know that God will provide out of His love and, and infinite goodness. So that's the starting point. And then hopefully surrender will follow, right? Hopefully you'll have faith and, and trust, right? That that he will indeed follow through. And I mean, it just goes back to the words, right? That that woman, uh, Yvonne, shared with me that changed my life, right? Let God be your father and he'll never let you down. That doesn't mean you're not going to suffer, right? That doesn't mean you're, you're never right. going to suffer, that you're never going to encounter hardship. But it means that even in that hardship, he will provide. Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. Like, yeah, you lost your mother. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, God will provide. He'll He'll answer every prayer the right. exact way that I want him to or save every person that I love or heal every illness um, that I encounter. But that, you know, no matter what life brings my way, God will provide what I need to sustain that identity, to be who he created me to be and to be the best version of myself as I encounter the hardships, trials, and also joys of life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two yeah. things came to mind for me while you were sharing that one is just be still and know that I am God, right? Mm -hmm. Be still. I think that's really hard for people right now in our society and our world. Like, what does that mean? Like I'm too busy. I can't sit still, but also for, you know, practicality for me, I need to do an action. And maybe that action is simply Jesus, I surrender and saying that mm -hmm. over and over and over and over. And it helps me to be able to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's almost, mm -hmm. you know, some people say fake it till you make it. It's like, okay, I want to <laughs> surrender this and I, I don't feel like I can, but Lord, I'm going to pray this until I do. Right. And sometimes it's praying it over and 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 over. That really? makes me think of the surrender novena. Exactly. Maybe for, just yeah, about that. <laughs> for anyone who's listening, who's like, okay, how do I surrender? That could be a place that you could just, you know, do something externally. Right. Um, just kind of follow the pattern of that prayer. It's so beautiful. So we can put a link to yeah. that mm -hmm. in our show yeah. notes. But the surrender novena is just a beautiful place to start in that action of, okay, I don't, I don't know how to, but I'm going to say these words and trust that God will actually, 
you know, like with everything else, you're not going to be the one surrendering. We don't surrender. It's actually the gift of faith and the grace mm-hmm. to surrender um, mm-hmm. that, you know, God provides for us as well. Yeah. And a novena is nine days of consecutive prayer for a specific intention Mm -hmm. for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Whether you're a Catholic or not, it's, it's just a beautiful prayer to pray. Yeah. That's one of my favorite novenas. I've probably done it half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think we're going to move on to our mini miracles. If everybody's ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'll get us started this time. So I feel like the Lord's really been working uh, on patience with me. And I'm finding that the more I practice it, the more blessed I am. And so one of those areas is I used to be really impulsive about buying things. Like if I moved to a new place, I'm like, Oh, I have to have the table and the couch and I have to have everything right now. And, you know, kind of impulsively buy things. And then after a while you're like, well, I don't really like that couch. And I just bought it cause I needed it or mm-hmm. wanted it. Um, and so I think I was sharing this with you the other day, Bernadette, but I, Basically, when I moved to Alaska, I left everything behind. And so when I moved here, I decided I wasn't going to be, okay, I'm going to go buy all these things. And as I have just waited, the Lord has provided me with things almost, I wouldn't say exclusively for free, but in a way, either discounted or very, very, um, yeah, or free. Anyway, so this past week, I've been really wanting to get um, a Dutch oven, and I've been looking for one for about a year maybe longer. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to spend that much. They're really expensive. If you don't know they're, I mean, you can spend a few hundred or yeah. 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 And so the other day I was at Freddy's, um, which is our supermarket. And I like, Oh, I'm going to walk over to the home goods section. Bad idea, Margaret, but I really (laughs) want to see if anything's on sale. And I'm just walking around and I see this, this display with Dutch ovens, 50% off. And I was like, what, what Mm. for real? This has to be a joke. These are, they cannot be this cheap. And so I literally stood in front of it for a minute and I was like, <laughs> okay, they all say the same thing. I guess I'm getting one. And so, you know, just the simple ways God blesses us when we wait, you know, cause I could have bought mm-hmm. one a year ago for a hundred bucks, but instead I got one for what, like $35 or whatever it was. So wow. I'm just thankful for um, the blessing that comes from waiting for God to, for God to um, provide us with something and honestly something probably better than if we had, Mm-hmm. been impulsive about mm-hmm. it before. So I want to encourage people to patiently wait because it will provide. <laughs> like John with his coffee ground, you know, being very intentional with yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> Beautiful. What about you, Paige? What's your mini miracle? Um, okay, so mine is Sunday. We were at Mass at St. Andrews, and it was just kind of chaotic. I hadn't had breakfast yet. It was a 10 a.m. mass. And I was like, man, I'm going to be so hungry. We don't really have many groceries because we were gone all weekend. So Santi had to use the restroom. So I was taking him to the bathroom and I'm noticing, wow, there's a lot of tables in like the gathering area. That's not normal. And then I'm like, huh, the donut table that's usually there isn't there right now. And I'm like, does that mean it's pancake breakfast? <laughs> and I turned yeah. the corner and it's the Knights of Columbus pancake <laughs> breakfast, which it wasn't actually pancake. Miraculous. French toast yeah. and eggs and, and biscuits and gravy and bacon. And I was like, praise God. Wow. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And then 
I still had to get through the rest of mass, you know, but, um, wow. but then afterwards I got a plate right away and it was so delicious. And Christian and I were like, yes, we don't have to go make breakfast when we get home. And that actually kept me full for like the whole day. Oh, awesome. It was That's amazing. It was so great. Oh, wow. That's going to yeah. get Father McGivney uh, canonized, I think. Yeah. That miracle right there. That was yeah. miracle. Yeah. Absolutely. World hunger. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Bernadette? Um, so my mini miracle this week is just like the gift of friendship. We had a couple who's a mutual friend of Paige and mine. Um, they invited our two families to spend the weekend at their tiny house. Like it is literally like the tiniest little chalet out in Wasilla, Alaska. Um, and all of us crowded into their space with our, um, five going on six kids and, we just had a, such a wonderful time together. All the kids slept really well, mm-hmm. like miraculously. There's, I'm telling you, there there's no wall bedrooms. There's like air space loft style mm. bedding. There's a oh, wow. like month old baby thrown into the mix who we thought would be Jeez. crying all night. Um, and anyway, it was just, it was just felt like such a blessed experience where we have such good community together and even though i didn't i really didn't sleep that well it just really felt like um god blessed the weekend and gave us such good Mm -hmm. friendship and time to share together um and just the way that it worked so well and all of us weren't just exhausted and you know burnt out after two days together in this tiny space um i really came home feeling refreshed even though i was tired and you know ready for Mm -hmm. bed so yeah, that's my mini miracle for the mm-hmm. week. Just the way that friendship lifts you up and kind of, I don't know, just takes your soul to a different place. Yeah. That's kind of not earthly. So yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? Yeah, this Sunday, um, we had a not so miraculous, uh, donut, uh, gathering after, <laughs> after mass. Sounds we boring. expected it. Yeah, we expected it. So it wasn't miraculous, but. <laughs> I don't know. But there, it's kind of a miracle. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But there, I would say the miracle was a young couple who had returned to church after seven years of not practicing. Mm. Wow. And, um, and uh, I hadn't actually been going to St. Matthew for, for a little while. So uh, we were going to the other parish, St. Joseph, and uh, thought, hey, we, we need to start alternating. I don't I – don't, um, I don't suggest anyone do that, alternate between parishes, but that's, <laughs> that's what we're, our family's doing. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, just kind of back at it. You know how I, uh, meet people <laughs> who mm-hmm. come back to the church. And, uh, and so, yeah, the Lord just you know, sent them, sent them to our parish. And, uh, awesome. I know that's, uh, for reasons. So pray for, for Juan Carlos and his girlfriend. I forget her name. <laughs> and he's and the Lord sent you there too to exactly. meet them that day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As a yeah, side yeah. note, I remember when we went to St. Pat's up here for the first time, we happened to yep. be sitting next to John in after mass. Oh, nice to meet you. You know, so John, definitely yeah. thank you for being the person who walks up to someone you don't <laughs> recognize at mass and just saying hello because it does, it makes a big difference. It's a gift for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It, it, it's really funny. I remember like the first time I interacted with, with all three of you, you know, <laughs> like Paige, it was uh, the random Facebook message to our young adults group asking if, uh, 
I could find you a place to, to live when you yeah. move up to Anchorage. When I was still in Texas. Yep. And then like yeah. months later, he was like, yeah. yeah, I'll keep an eye open. You know, months later, I'm finally in Alaska. And I had told him in the message, like, I'll be needing a place in August. In July, mm-hmm. he messages me and haven't heard from him, you know, in months. And he's like, hey, are you still looking for a place? I just found a place. Like, mm. I just found <laughs> two, two Catholic girls who are looking for a roommate. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you remember me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's really? funny. John has an amazing gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, we. It's one of those like gift and crosses, you know. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, we look forward to hearing what Our Lady of Guadalupe and your mom have uh, planned for this coming December. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just really thankful for you and your story and the advice that you gave to our listeners. Um, so thank yes. you again, and yeah, thank you, yeah. for Margaret. For would you me. like to close us in prayer? I think I'll close this in prayer. Oh, right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Not to steal the floor, Margaret. Fine. Go ahead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Lord, thank you so much for the gift that you bring through our good friend, John, and for the gift of faith that you've given him that has inspired us today. Thank you so much for working in our lives and for finding us amidst our confusion and wondering and pain and just directing us. And we thank you for the gift of trust that we can trust you to take care of us and to lead us on a winding path that will truly fulfill us and, um, and show us the identity that you gave to us when we were, you know, before we were conceived, you know, every hair in our head and, Our Lady of Guadalupe, we also ask for your intercession. Thank you for being our mother. Thank you so much for the role that you've played in John's story Mm -hmm. um, and in his life. And we just ask that for all of us today and for anyone who might be listening, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, please intercede for us and help us to trust and to surrender, especially in the most difficult moments of our lives when we really don't know what to do. um, and And it's hardest to trust that we have a loving father who's going to take care of us. And so in, in your name, our mother Mary will pray. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. It should be a blessing. Yes. Amen. And Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Happy Feast of the Holy Name of Mary. Oh. oh. <laughs> Happy Feast. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Thank John. You. Bless yeah. you. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.